illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this, we're firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters. I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. Beej, you might have to change that from Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost to uh, Twin Pines Vineyards. Should, should we give, give me a little plug there for when I have my bed and breakfast? There you go, yeah. How's that going, I don't by know. The way? If, if people heard the podcast, they might not want to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how's, the, uh, how's the Airbnb um, thing going? Uh, you know, um, again, the letter went out to warn my neighbors a couple weeks ago, and I haven't gotten any calls from the county, so I guess that's a good sign. And uh, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. So they have so much time to complain. Then the process happens, and then they get another letter saying it's going to happen. If they don't complain, then I get my, so my okay. Do you know how long that'll take, barring any complaints? They told me a roughly about six to eight weeks, and okay. I think we're about four to six weeks into it. So okay. should be the only thing I haven't done. I kind of was hoping somebody called me, but I'm I'm was something about the fire department. So supposedly they got to test out, make sure they can get a fire engine up here. But um, I don't think that'll be a big issue because you should be able to get a fire engine up here hmm. and uh, hopefully never need to. And, uh, and then the uh, uh, construction of my loft in my barn should start here, hopefully in about two weeks. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State beers to others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around a little bit every week. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple ways. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgator. And also check out Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. B, did you get your podcast app figured out yet? Uh, you know, I downloaded the app just a couple, uh, was it yesterday? I uh-huh. downloaded it uh-huh. and 
Um, but I haven't really grabbed any yet. So I was thinking louder with Crowder. I always enjoy him. Okay. Well, and, uh, uh, Mike uh, Rowe, we talked about the Mike Rowe podcast is really good. It's pretty short. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it comes out once a week and it's maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops. Um, and I love listening to it because it's just, if you like the old Paul Harvey, rest of the stories, it's kind of in that same, same vein. So I, I, I love Paul Harvey. I, I, you know, I don't know if our listeners grew up with Paul Harvey at all, if their dads or moms listen to it in the morning, but he gave such a great newscast in the morning, uh, of all the top stories. Yeah. And then uh, his rest of the story was just I wish they would. I don't know if you can find those uh, on Facebook or, or I mean, on YouTube or anything. But uh, the ones I always listen to were always, always fascinating. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, um, miss him. I do, too. I do, too. And when you get really good with um, podcasts, you'll start listening to them on speed and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. OK. Speed them up and knocking them out, huh? Okay, listen to Paul Harvey podcast episodes. Well, it says there's a Paul Harvey. Ooh. So here we go. Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. So um, there is one. Yeah, it was a Monday through Friday radio program originally hosted by Paul Harvey, beginning as part of his newscast during the Second World War, and then premiering on its own series on the ABC radio network on May 10th, 1976. Um, wow. So, yeah, it looks like you can download them, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, there's a ton of them in here. Oh, I bet. You know, there's 607 on this one right here. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, Beach, you ready to go uh, look at some uh, Beaver Sports news? Yeah, let's do this, Billy. What what episode are we doing? Uh, This is episode 112, season 7, episode 6. Wow. Mm, crazy. All right, um, let's start with a little bit of women's volleyball, Beach. Loving women's volleyball, Billy. Women jumping up and down in short shorts and tight tops. Yeah, you know, Ellen gave you a a little bit. You're not supposed to say that. Yeah, hashtag me too. What? Um, all right, uh, the Oregon State volleyball team fell to Arizona State in three sets Friday night. Now, this marks the second straight season. The Beavers posted a 10-2 and record during the non-conference schedule before sliding to open the Pac-12 slate with three straight losses. And actually, it didn't stop there, Beach. Oregon State sophomore outside hitter Matty Goings registered her sixth double-double of the season, but the Beavs fell to number 24 Arizona Saturday afternoon at Gill Coliseum. That sucks. Yep, so after playing four out of five matches at home, the 10-6 and six Beavers and 0-4 and in the Pac-12 will travel to Los Angeles to take on USC on Thursday and UCLA on Saturday this upcoming weekend. Mm. So remember, they did well in the uh, in the out-of-conference. Now they need to go 500 or better, and they can make the tournament. We're not doing the 500 or better, though, Billy. No, we're digging ourselves a hole to start out with. That sucks. All right, well, let's go from it sucks to it just gets worse with women's soccer. Well, short shorts, women running around. The Oregon State women's, me too. Yeah, the Oregon State women's soccer team kept Washington scoreless in the first half, but ultimately fell to Washington one to nothing on Thursday night at Husky Soccer Stadium in Seattle. Well, at least they didn't freaking tie. Yeah. Well, then the Oregon State women's soccer team battled tough, but ultimately fell short to number nine Washington State on Sunday. Two to nothing. Where was that at? That was up at Washington State, up in, in Pullman. Okay. 
So the Beavs are 1-10-0 and return home to host California on October 4th at 7 p.m. And the damn cancer game against Stanford on October 7th at 3 p.m. These games will also play host to welcoming back OSU's women's soccer alumni for alumni weekend. Mm-hmm. We're already up to alumni weekend coming up. Well, the, the, the soccer, you know, we're, they're, they're two months in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They start early, don't they? Yeah. And, and actually understand after this game, the football team will be halfway through the season. I, I was thinking about that. I mean, like one more uh, tailgate and we're halfway through our tailgate, aren't we? Yes. And this wow. is this is game six with only six left to go. Crazy. Kind of crazy. All right, Beach, let's talk some men's soccer. Okay. So the Oregon State men's soccer team got off to a strong start in Pac-12 play as the Beavs defeated rival Washington 4-2 Saturday evening at Paul Lorenz Field. The Beavs are now 5-2-2 overall, 1-0 in the Pac-12, and they hit the road Thursday to take on San Diego State. We're undefeated in the Pac-12? Well, they have one game, so yes, they're undefeated. Hey, you take what you can get. Yeah. And up until this last weekend, Washington had been ranked. Really? Yeah, they lost to Seattle the other day, and that knocked them out of the rankings. All right, Beach, uh, this will be for Greg out there with some women's swimming. What's going on in women's swimming? You know, women in tight outfits and water. There you go. So uh, they had their um, inter-squad meet the other day, and Team Orange came away with the top team score during the Orange and Black inter-squad meet on Saturday night at the Osborne Aquatic Center, winning 132-107. to 107. Now, the Orange team, led by Captain Arianda Latrari, took event wins in eight of the 13 total events. Latrari captured one of those victories in the 200 freestyle. Now, Oregon State returns to action next Friday at home against Arizona State. The meet is slated for 6 p.m. at the Osborne Aquatic Center. Cool. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll have Greg to help us put the tent up Saturday, Friday night, but uh, hopefully we'll see him Saturday for the tailgater in the game. I think they say he was going to have a conflict. No, I don't think he did. I, I was talking to him the other day. I think he's going to be able to make it. Okay, cool. What's next, Billy? Oh, Billy, do you hear that? Yes, Beach, I do. Hey, ho- hold on here. Okay. Let, let me rip this bitch off. Okay. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Yeah. City of Eugene confused by own public nudity laws. Up until several years ago, Eugene had some of the most liberal public nudity laws in the state. That was until they changed them to mere Portland, which states public nudity is banned in any public space open or available to persons of the opposite sex. Now, the question on residents and city council members' minds is what defines an opposite sex since gender is fluid? This is true. I I can speak for the vast majority outside of Eugene uh, that I think we can all agree that uh, the Duck cheerleaders should definitely embrace public nudity. I agree. And the vast majority of the rest of the student Oregon uh, Oregon student body should keep their clothes on. I'm I'm down with you there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with you there. 
Yeah, I still I still say the Ducks have probably the prettiest cheerleaders. Uh, you know, probably only second maybe to the Song Girl. Uh, this was it Song Song, song Girls at USC. Yeah, at USC. You know, and I was but, watching uh, I was watching the the Beaver game last night, and you know, you'd think Arizona State would just. I mean, and don't get me wrong, they're not they're not like they're unattractive. But I just think that Oregon's cheerleaders are probably the best-looking cheerleaders in the conference. They, they always they're always dressed very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, my my own personal take on that is I think the university, whoever runs the cheerleading squad over there, mm-hmm. and because typically I don't know if our listeners know this, but typically when recruits are when people are getting recruited to go to a university football basketball or baseball or the like usually if it's a male athlete in high school he gets a tour by one of the cheerleaders does he not billy isn't typically the cheerleaders will oftentimes be their escorts no they have no 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 not cheerleaders they usually no they usually have students that do that yeah there's okay okay but i'm sure the cheerleaders are involved in a lot of that stuff and they're like wow and actually and actually they cut a lot of that out a number of years ago Oh, really? Well, and it was across the country because it used to get kind of, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. Okay. Because for the same reason why you'd want pretty cheerleaders. Yeah. 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 So now you're usually taken around by other players. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that, well, got, that, that ended uh, Quite a Still a great years. way to entice a young man with a lot of hormones to uh, go oh, to university. Oh, oh, yeah, and that's where they ran into problems. Um, so you're not allowed to – they tighten up all those rules because, you know, they were taking recruits to strip clubs, giant parties, hooking them up with girls, taking them to restaurants that were just entirely out of the price range of any student. Oh, you know? really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like, oh, order whatever you want. Oh, really? Well, I want three orders of the, you know – Porterhouse steak and and lobster tail. Okay, then go ahead and order three orders of the porterhouse steak and lobster tail. So yeah, they, they a number of years ago they had some. I think Sports Illustrated did an article on it, just about how really? these recruits were, were uh, how guys were getting recruited. Oh yeah, Oregon was one of the people that they followed. Of course they yeah. were. <laughs> and so after that, the NCAA came down and said, yeah, no more, and and put some. Put some more guidelines down. That's where all the guidelines come from. They see who uh, who breaks the rules and, you know. And then they have to redefine the rules. They have to redefine the rules, yeah. It's like, okay, that's not really the spirit of what this rule is supposed to be, so we'll just uh, we'll have to redefine it make it a little bit tighter. So, All yeah. right, Beach, good. So, uh, sorry, sorry you weren't able to read the black and white in that. Sorry it became gray for you, Yeah. Chip Kelly. Yeah, no doubt. Well, see, I didn't. I, I I didn't know him as. I only knew him as Will. I didn't know him as Willie. <laughs> see, it was Will Lyles, not Willie what, Lyles. What, 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 was giving him what, what, was giving him exclusive custom Nike shoes bad. Was was that in the rule book? Because I don't recall seeing that in the rule book. Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, anyone that's not sure, you can look up Willie Lyles and that whole thing with when it comes to Oregon. All right, Beach, are you ready to go under further review for week number five in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Um, can, can I add something on the Oregon deal? Sure. So th- this was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine. Okay. 
um, has season tickets, goes, goes to every Oregon game. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, and, and he knows I'm a Beaver fan. And he says, you know, Hey, did you, did you watch the game last week? I was talking to him on Friday mm-hmm. and he's, and I said, yeah, I caught a little bit of it. And I said, the highlight films and stuff. I said, I was kind of excited by the outcome of the, of the duck game, but I'm sure you weren't. And he said, he's, and he looked at me and he, he's a very honest, sincere guy. And he looked at me and he says, you know, Brian, he said, uh, I took my, I took my wife to that game. And he said, I was, I was embarrassed. And I said, well, we saw the video of the, the half naked guy cussing and swearing at the, at the player, at the Stanford players as they were walking to the, to the locker room after the game. Mm -hmm. He said, it was worse than that. He said, Brian, everybody was just swearing and cussing. And he said, it was, it was so bad. He said, at the end of the game, my wife looked at me and she said, I don't ever want to come to one of these games again. This this is terrible. And that's just and brutal. It, it is. And I and I told I, I looked at Jeff and Jeff's a good guy. So I mean I'm not knocking Jeff. I mean he's the one that's telling me the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, we we laugh about it. Being Beavers fans, you learn what it's like to lose. I mean that's what it is. Yeah. We, we're we're not at the top. We, when we get those great seasons, like with baseball, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you you celebrate when they come around because they're they're few and far between. But you also learn how to lose because it happens quite frequently for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll we'll boo a bad game. I still always remember, I was telling Jeff, I said, you know, Jeff, I said, I remember going to a Washington game. I don't know how many years ago it was, five or six. It was at Reeser. And remember that bad call? Was it Stephen Jackson or something? No. Remember the fumble in the end no. zone? 2007. It was Evanson Bernard. Okay. Yeah. I love how you can remember this crap. Oh, because so it's the only it? time I've ever ferociously booed at a, at a Beaver game. Oh, and I remember that game. I mean, I'm sure there was some custom swearing going on, but I still feel that Oregon State owns the boo because yeah. I remember that happened about halfway through the what the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was and, towards the end of the fourth quarter, but yeah, yeah, but it didn't matter. The fans only stopped booing when Oregon State got the ball, and then as soon as they were done with the ball, the fans went back to booing because it was essentially booing the refs. Yeah, because uh, they blew that call so badly. And we barely we won that game, didn't we? But barely. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and, yeah. and I think was, if Edmondson was going into the end zone to score, to basically ice the game, he either scored or got tackled at about the half yard line, and they called it a fumble. Yeah. And picked up and returned out to I don't know thirty five forty yard line, for Washington. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only time I've said- earnestly booed at a game. Because either the the ball had broken the the plane and it should have been a touchdown, or he was down, or or he was down because his knee was down. Yeah. yeah, but and and I did that. I, oh God, that was bad. But I just remember the boo was so phenomenal mm-hmm. for the for the last few minutes of that game. And I mean, it, it was so bad. I remember we, you and I went to the UW game the following year, and we went up there, and they even referenced it in their uh, in their uh, um, what do you call that uh, uh, game game day publication yeah that they they said there was a controversial call at last year's game mm-hmm. and i i swear to god i i think if oregon state hadn't won that game i don't think those refs would have gotten out of there with their clothes on i don't know it was pretty bad but that, that's yeah. about the only time that i can remember that but I, I don't know but anyway just just really you know uh evidently the ducks need to take a, a lesson in in humility a little bit yeah yeah, you're you're not going to win every game. You're not uh, you're not entitled to win every game. Yep. All right, Beach, are you here? First up, um, I've got our totals from last week. 
Um, okay. Running after last week, everybody was at 26 out of 38. Right? Right. I'm with you. All right. So starting out, we had one game on Friday Night Beach, UCLA at Colorado. Do you remember who you took? We all took Colorado on that one, Billy. That is correct. Now, Colorado quarterback Steven Montez was 22 of 26 passing for 237 yards and a touchdown and ran for two more scores to lead Colorado over UCLA 38-16 on Friday night. Now, Montez rushed for 81 yards, and LaVisca Chenault Jr. caught a career-best 12 passes for 126 yards and a TD and ran for another score for Colorado. Now, Joshua Kelly ran for 124 yards, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson had a touchdown pass for UCLA which is looking for its first win in the Chip Kelly era. The Bruins have lost their first four games for the first time since 1971. And it couldn't happen to a better team and a better coach. Yep, I do not like Chip Kelly. So we all got the win there, Beach. All right, all the rest of the games were on Saturday, September 22nd. First up, BYU. Did you watch any of these games or you were at work all day? I, 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 uh, well, Saturday, um, I worked out in my shop, which you helped me out a little bit there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I, I, yeah, I worked out there and then I, I worked in the evening. So no, I didn't get a chance to watch any game. Never saw any highlight films. You're, you're popping my cherry on all of these today. All right, Beach. So BYU at Washington, do you remember who you took? I do remember, uh, you and I both took, uh, the U a dub. How, did you write these down? I did. You wrote it down so you know who everybody took? I did. I did. I don't want to be an idiot this time. <laughs> well, I thought you were just double checking on me. Well, yeah. well, you know, Catherine, who who I think – I think Catherine pretty li- listens to us religiously. Mm-hmm. She hates when I, I don't know. So I'm trying <laughs> to make her happy. Right on. That's right, BG. You and I took Washington. Kyle took BYU. I hate you, Kyle. Washington quarterback Jake Browning completed 23 of 25 passes for 277 yards and one TD. And number 11 Washington was thoroughly dominant on both sides of the ball in a 35-7 route of number 20 BYU on Saturday night. Now, Salvon Ahmed rushed for a pair of TDs, and Miles Gaskin added a six-yard TD run for his 48th career rushing TD, moving him into a tie for sixth all-time in the Pac-12. So, uh, and up until Browning actually had a chance to tie the uh, the um, national record for com- uh, passing completion percentage over 20 attempts in a game, mm-hmm. uh, he he threw one that was just off the hands of a guy. If he would have completed it um, and gone 24-25, he would have had a 92% passing game, which would have been amazing. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. So, Beej, you and I picked up the uh, the uh, win there. Up next, Oregon at Cal. Well, I I stood alone on this one and I picked Cal. Correct. Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert threw two touchdown passes to help number nineteen Oregon build a big lead, and the Ducks used five takeaways and two defensive touchdowns to avoid a repeat of last week's loss to Stanford. Beating number twenty-four California, forty-two to twenty-four on Saturday night. So they they had two defensive touchdowns. Correct. Lamar Winston Jr. Wow. returned a fumble for a touchdown in the first half, and oh, I'm going to try to get this one right. Ogachukwu Amadi had an interception return for a TD in the second half for the Ducks, who blew a seventeen-point second-half lead and overtime loss to Stanford last week. Now, or uh, Duck running back Travis Dye ran for 115 yards and a touchdown, and C.J. Vardell ran for 106 yards to give Oregon a big road win against the Bears. 
after the Ducks lost all four conference away games last year. So they rushed for quite a bit. And uh, hold on. It kept looking like it looked like a cow would crawl back in, and then the Ducks just jumped all over. Wow. Yeah, those two defensive touchdowns were just killers. That, that, you know, that those are the worst, you know. Yeah. All right, so uh, Kyle and I scored the win there. I'm the only one without a loss so far this week. I just want to bitch slap you. Okay, up next, Beads, Utah at Washington State. We all took the Cougs on this one, Billy, and I think that, you know, a dad did tell me, he said that um, Wazoo's quarterback is fantastic this year. I think he's really good. Um, uh, Wazoo wide receiver Aesop Winston Jr. caught the football over his shoulder, made a couple of sweet moves to shed a defender, and completed an 89-yard touchdown play that lifted Washington State to a 28-24 victory over Utah on Saturday. Washington State quarterback Gardner Minshew completed 31 of 56 passes for three touchdowns and one interception. He also ran for a TD. Now, the Utes' defense came in allowing just 12.3 points and 204 yards a game. Wow. And uh, Wazoo kind of ripped that all to shreds. Yeah, that (laughs) Minshew, I I think he's even more accurate than Falk. Dad says he's a better runner than Falk. And he's much more agile back there, yeah, in the pocket, which is interesting, too. So... He had basically thought he was going to uh, be done with football this year. He was going to go um, basically be a backup somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. He was looking at uh, Alabama and a couple places because um, he's a graduate transfer. So basically what he wanted to do was kind of go in, start learning how to coach, and then next year work on becoming a coach. And he got a phone call in the spring uh, from Mike Leach. And what Mike Leach asked him was, so – do you want to come lead the nation in passing this year? And the more he talked to him, the more he thought, man, I got to go try this. And he's doing obviously great. They're five and zero. Oh. Well, and, and ultimately he is taking the place of the Actually, they're second four, string. They're, they're four and one. Sorry. Okay. One. But he's taking the place of the, the one quarterback who took his own life about a year ago. Correct. correct correctly. Correct. Just have to end the season. So. Yeah. But anyway, so we all got the win on that one. They're looking pretty good. It's going to be an interesting game for the Bees this week. All right, next up, Stanford at Notre Dame. Um, And we all picked Stanford on this one, and, and from what I heard uh, on the street, that was a bad call. Yes. Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book threw for 278 yards and four TDs, including an eight-yard TD to Miles Boykin, who had career highs in receptions with 11 and yardage at 144 in Notre Dame's 38-17 win over Stanford Saturday. Now, the Irish totaled 550 yards, including 272 yards rushing on 55 carries. Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello threw for just 174 yards and was hurried all night by Notre Dame's front four. Stanford running back Bryce Love scored in a 39-yard touchdown for Stanford but finished with just 73 yards and 17 carries before limping to the locker room with just over 11 minutes remaining. Love has been snake bit all year um, with some uh, a leg problems of some sort, be it ankle or knee or whatever it is. He's just has not been healthy all year. Hmm. So yeah, Stanford went down in that one. Is Notre Dame good this year? Oh yeah. Um, you know, going into that game, Stanford was ranked seventh. Notre Dame was ranked eighth. So. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. So. Okay. So none of us got And, and we'll learn about what happened to the rankings here shortly. Yes, we will. 
Uh, two games left, Beach. First up, USC at Arizona. Well, I think Kyle was the odd man out, and uh, you and I picked USC. Correct, and Kyle took Arizona. Asa Cedric Ware ran for 197 yards and two touchdowns, and USA overcame a mountain of penalties to hold off Arizona for a 24-20 victory Saturday night. Now, USC dominated the Wildcats while building a 24-point third-quarter lead but lost two fourth-quarter fumbles to let Arizona back in it. The Trojans also had 18 penalties for 169 yards, including a pass interference call that negated an interception in the fourth quarter. Now, Khalil Tate for Arizona threw for 232 yards and two touchdowns, but was limited to 38 yards rushing. And J.J. Taylor, who had 284 yards rushing against Oregon State last week, was held to 50 yards on 18 carries. Was the pass interference call legitimate? I don't know. I did not see the end of that game. Yeah, I did not see it. But anyways, so yeah. Um, and Tate, you know, he Tate was kind of hurt coming into the Beaver game last week, and I think he got hurt even more. So I, his his legs have not been what they were last year. Mm. So All right, so you and I got the win there. And the last game of the week, Beach, Oregon State at Arizona State. I, you know, I didn't get to watch it. I got uh, text updates from you and, and mom and dad throughout the uh, the evening. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like every time we got within striking distance, they'd pull away again. Yep. Arizona State running back Eno Benjamin rushed for a school record 312 yards on 30 carries and scored four TDs as Arizona State beat Oregon State 52-24 to on Saturday night. Benjamin scored on runs of 44, 47, and 10 yards and caught an eight-yard touchdown pass. Now, he broke the school's single-game record of 250 yards rushing set by Ben Malone against Oregon State in 1973. Now, Saturday's performance was the eighth-best ever in the Pac-12. But on a, on a better note, Oregon State freshman Jamar Jefferson gained 254 yards on 31 attempts and scored twice for Oregon State, becoming the third Beaver in school history to top 200 yards in a game twice in a season. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Do you know who the other two are? I, 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 what? Do you know who the other two um, players uh, Steven are? Jackson, okay. Steven Jackson and Simonton. Uh, I don't know who the second one is, actually. I'm going to look it up right now. What were you going to say, Beach? Oh, I, 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 um, oh, um, I heard our offense looked really good. The, the offense is looking pretty good. Um, you know, they, they need to get a little more, um, I, I was going by, I, I went to breakfast with mom and dad this morning and dad was saying he felt like they finally, the, the offensive line did some adjustments. And we're, we're actually able to give Blount a good time to pass. Better, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said they, they just they started figuring out. And again, I'm, I'm speaking for what Dad was saying. He said uh, um, they, the way they would uh, respond to the, the lead off, don't, don't hit them straight, figure out where they're going, and then hold them up. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, Dad said they, they, whatever they're doing, their adjustment was really, really good giving him time to pass. Oh, yeah. Uh, the problem that we got is defense just can't seem to tackle. Yeah, and, well, after, and your safeties are doing all your tackling. That's not a good thing. Yeah, after the first um, the, the first, uh, first half, I mean, Blunt got 
or Blount, sorry, he got clubbed a couple times in the first half. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and they did better as the game wore on. But what's failing the Beavs right now is their defense. Quite frankly, I expected Arizona State to throw the ball like crazy against Oregon State. Mm-hmm. But no, they just ran it down their throats. And there was just some gaping holes and, and guys just out of position mm-hmm. and then too slow to make that, up for that's- that's what Dad said. He yeah. said we got uh, uh, we have one big uh, Hawaiian guy in the middle, and Dad says he's only good for about half the game, and then he's just kind of bent. Yeah, you know, just kind Halo of Aiden, Yeah, he's a big old dude, but we're just not getting enough push up the middle. Yeah, to put any kind of pressure. Some, yeah, three hundred and some pounds, and he said Dad says he only can play about half the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's out there for you know maybe a play or two, and then mm-hmm. has to come out. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's just tough. It's tough. So, but, uh, I mean, I, I like the way they've responded on offense, but obviously they have to do something to fix that defense. Yeah. Stop missing tackles. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right, Beach. So there, there, there's a, um, there, uh, William Shatner, um, has a new book out. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, you know William Shatner's like in his early early to mid eighties, I think now. Yeah, yeah, he's in his eighties. And he, when, what was that? He's in his eighties now. Yeah, and he's one of the uh, last uh, original Star Trek people to still be alive. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the title of is the the secret to a long life. Don't, Don't die. die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going. <laughs> so I I kind of think that the secret to a beaver win, freaking make your first tackle. Yeah. So. It's it's anyway. uh. I was funny. I tell that to my uh, employees, and they'll burn themselves up. You know how you keep from doing that? What? Don't touch it like that. That's, that's, that's what my doctor used to tell me. Yeah. Doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, then don't do that anymore. Very huh? much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Beach. So after last week, um, Kyle is in third place at 28 out of 45. You are in second place at 29 out of 45. And I'm leading right now with 30 out of 45. So we'll have to see how it goes. But we're almost, this will be week six, so I think next week we'll be halfway through the season. Okay. So, All right, Beach. it's now time to look at the Pac-12 in the polls after this last weekend. The AP poll, Washington is still at number 10. Stanford slid down to number 14. Oregon moved up to 18. And Colorado entered in at 21, with Washington State, Cal, and Arizona State in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today coaches poll, Washington is in at number 10 again. Stanford fell to 14. Oregon in at number 18. And Colorado entered in at number 22. With Washington State, USC, ASU, Cal, all in the others receiving votes category. Okay. So there we go. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. Jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who truly exe- who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And Beach, this isn't this is a weird one to who it's gonna go to. This is just something that irritates me. This is kind of a Bill's a Bill's rant on this. Okay. So um the University of Massachusetts has suspended from- Massachusetts. Yeah, I know. My my mouth my mouth is getting dry and it didn't come out right has suspended football coach Mark Whipple one week without pay and ordered him to undergo sensitivity training 
After using the word rape in describing a non-penalty call during Saturday's 58-42 loss to Miami of Ohio. This is what Whipple said, quote, We had a chance there with 16 down, and they rape us, and he picks up the flag. And that's uh, discussing a non-call on what he saw was a pass interference on UMass receiver Andy Isabella. Now, a statement was issued Sunday by US, UMass Athletic Director Ryan Bramford in announcing the suspension, and it said, quote, On behalf of our department, I deeply apologize for the comments made by head coach Mark Whipple on Saturday after our, ga- our game at Ohio. His reference to rape was highly inappropriate, insensitive, inexcusable under any circumstance. Nope, nope, it's a totally legitimate word to use. Well, and 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 that's my when he said inexcusable under any circumstance. No, in the heat of a battle, talking off the cuff at a press conference, I can see a bit. Let me let me continue, Beach. The suspension will include next Saturday's game against South Florida, and this the, and then of course Whipple. Um, issued a a statement that said, quote, I'm deeply sorry for the word I used on Saturday to describe the play in our game. It is unacceptable to use, to make use of the word rape in the way that I did. I'm very sorry for doing so. It represents a lack of responsibility on my part as a leader of the program, a member of this university's community, and I'm disappointed with myself that I made this comparison when commenting after our game. Now, this is where I I wouldn't have, I, I, I bullshit. Bullshit. I agree. But this is where I really get pissed off, Beach. Whipple, in complaining about what he said he thought was a home-friendly officiating crew for Miami, in the same press conference, Beach, later described the same play and used the words absolutely mugged instead of rape. Well, that's totally racist. Well, but (laughs) it could be, huh? (laughs) So this is what pisses me off. He is in a press conference speaking off the cuff, and, mm-hmm. and and you're going to do this. He, him just, obviously, he didn't, he, he probably said the word, right? Used He's going to use the term molested? Well. Uh, uh, inappropriately touched? Well, I know. Um, are those all? Were, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, like I said, yeah. it's off the cuff, and it is an appropriate. I said, I felt like he took our guy up into the bedroom, put his hand on his mouth and made him feel damned uncomfortable like he was well, going to kill him well i it just it <laughs> you're a bastard but <laughs> but uh but uh no it just i he's, t- he's speaking off the cuff was it probably the best word to use i don't care well probably not right i, but, I just i don't care well, words are words to describe something and if you're inferring uh, something else out of that, that's not your fault. That's his. Well, you know? that's not his it fault. Goes, that's for the part that the person that's taking more out of it. That's, that, that's what I'm saying. That's the, the person who's who's taking it out. Mm-hmm. I still remember D. Snyder going up, talking to Congress, and they were saying that his, because of Tipper Gore, they said that his lyrics were disgusting and rude and talked about sadomasochism. And he's like, what song do I sing about sadomasochism? And they're like, your song Under the Blade. He's like, that song's about my my drummer when he had to go something like that was when my drummer had to go under uh, the knife for cancer surgery. Yeah. So if you're pulling sadomasochism out of it, that's your call, not mine. Yeah. And the same thing, a, a term for rape is meaning being touched and violated. Now what the hell's going out on that field? He's being touched and he's being violated. Oh no, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, you know, just because there's not penetration going on. Well, but here's the problem though, Beach is everyone's so walking on eggshells 
because I'm so of, fed up with this crap. I, no, I am too, and and that's what pisses me off. And there's got to be a certain point where you're like, you know, what? no. He he said what he said. Everyone understands what he's meaning. He's not making light of anything. And if you, know, you took it the wrong way, then tough shit for you. Yeah, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see the scoreboard guy next week at that game when that when he's not uh, when he's not able to coach it. And I'd play Nirvana's "Rate Me." That's exactly what I was and, thinking as I read that story. Every chance I get. That's the exact Ray, same thing. Yeah. Huh. But remember, uh, Kurt Cobain got a little bit of crap at the time when they released that song. People had issues with it. I like the song. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. What was "Heart Shaped Box" about? I don't know. You tell me. Uh huh. I don't know. Interesting. At least he didn't sing a song by Charles Manson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're throwing out all sorts of uh, of um, uh, uh, references there, aren't you? I'm I'm throwing it out. I'm wondering how many people in the audience are picking up what I'm laying down. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are listening, you got to listen to the hidden track on the Spaghetti Incident album from Guns N' Roses. And then you'll know what I'm talking about. So, alrighty. So supposedly, um, with Heart Shaped Box, Kurt said that it was about children with cancer. Really? Yeah. Yep. Weird ass video, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Mm. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I, I get so tired. And you will apologize. The hell I'll apologize. You know, these people need to pull the sticks out of their asses is what needs to go on. Maybe these people need to see a gosh damn proctologist. Is that right? Proctologist? That thing's up your ass? Yeah. Well, one of the lyrics in the song is meat eating orchids. Forgive no one just yet. Cut myself on angel hair and baby's breath. Meat eating orchids. Dude, that guy was so, so toasted on heroin. That sounds like a vagina to me. Meat-eating orchids? Yeah. What does that even mean? I think they're talking about vaginas. Meat-eating orchids or meat-eating meat orchids? Meat, 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 M-E-A-T, meat-eating orchids. Orchids that eat meat? I don't get it. Anyways, well, that's enough. Man was before his time. Uh, I liked when he would sing about a mosquito and my libido. Yep. So, uh, uh, so for the University of Massachusetts athletic department, athletic director, and anyone that was offended by the word choice of head coach Whipple, you are this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week so there you go he's awesome you know you know mr whipple mm-hmm. I, I i wonder if he goes by mr whipple or coach whipple probably coach whipple all right beach it is I now was... time for our musical interlude what? of the week hey. what i was just gonna say it makes you wonder what kind of toilet paper they have in the so bathroom you're just there. going all nice. sorts of uh, pop culture references aren't you <laughs> all right beach it is now time for the musical interlude of the week and this week is kyle's pick I hate you, Kyle. Um, here's what Kyle wrote in his email. He said, my wife has a birthday this week. and oh, Happy birthday, Monica. And I have a bit of a romantic weekend planned. Ooh, Kyle. Ooh. In honor of that, 
<laughs> I'm picking Queen's good old-fashioned lover boy. Off the album Day at the Races, Freddie described it as a ragtime song. Kyle continues, What I really like about the song is that it's kind of a joke. The lyrics describe the romance, this romancing fop. The dancing and dining, the fancy patter on the telephone, the final date at the Ritz, and the casual invite back to their place. And then he gives that nod to the audience line. Guttural and body. Come on and get it. It is a contrast to the elegant manner of the rest of the song. A slow build to a great punchline. I love the song. So with that, here is Queen's good old-fashioned lover boy. I can dim the lights and sing you songs full of sad things. We can do the tango just for two. I can serenade and gently play on your heartstrings. We are Valentino just for said we both kind of skip over this song yes we tend to just we tend to skip over that song and it's actually a pretty good song i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, have to uh listen to it another uh, second time tomorrow when i am um, driving into work yeah, yeah yeah i agree 
I agree. All right, Beach. it is time for, to look at week number six in the Pac-12. I got my <sighs> pad and my pencil out. Got my pencil. Now give me something to write on, right. man. And we got a few games up here. I'll get Kyle's email ready to go. All right. So it looks like I, I was I was gonna give I was gonna give Kyle a warning that you know if your wife is inebriated, you know, and you know you take advantage of her, that's still considered rape. Oh God, Beach. So just just warning. That's you. horrible. You know, and, I mean, you know, it, it's a good thing that I don't drink because if I did, I'd probably be like arresting myself every night for raping myself. So anyway, <laughs> you're horrible. <sighs> you know, I'm gonna have to pull that out and put it at the end. Because <laughs> I just can't leave that in there. That's what she said. Yeah. All right, Beach. Let's look at number. Let's look at uh, week six in the Pac-12. All these games are taking place on Saturday. I said October fifth, but I think it's no, it's October sixth. Yeah, on October sixth. All right. So, Beach. First up. What? Arizona State at Colorado. Arizona State at Colorado. You know, that's an interesting game. Uh, I'm going to go with Colorado. They're the hometown team. Colorado. I think mm-hmm. I'm taking Colorado. This is what Kyle says. He said, well, last week was not so kind to me. Let's try to do better this week. ASU at Colorado. Buffs are hot. Colorado. Hmm. So he, too, is taking Colorado. There we go. Okay, up next, Beach. Some good games mm-hmm. this week. Washington, and this is not one of them. Washington at UCLA. Um, and I will take Washington because I want UCLA to go zero in the Pac-12. You want to go over? You yeah, know, I do. Only one team has ever gone zero and twelve. And that's Oregon State. No, it's not. Oregon. No, it's not. Washington. Correct. They went 0-12. All right, so uh, Kyle says, UCLA has a worse record than the Beavs. Go Huskies. And I, too, am taking Washington. All right, Beach, up next, Cal at Arizona. I'm going to go Cal. I, too, am taking Cal. Kyle says, Bear down on the Golden Bears, Arizona. So he's taking. Wow. He's taking the uh, Wildcats there. All right. Up next, Utah at Stanford. I'm going to think. I'm thinking Stanford's going to recover and recover hard. Okay. All right, too. I'm taking Stanford. Kyle says, back on the farm, Stanford wins. Okay. And then the okay. last game of the week, Beach, Washington State at Oregon State. And we're going to take OSU for the win. I, too, am taking the Beavs. Kyle says, Cougar Gold Mac whips the fans into a frenzy. Go Beavs. Is Kyle coming to this game? I don't believe so. He hasn't told me. Of course, okay. that would be off romantic, Kyle. Taking your wife to a football <laughs> game for the old birthday. Yeah, no, I I don't. I mean, nothing's more romantic could, than that. If I could get a, a girl to go with me, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So the only girls that'll go out with me are married ones, which is really really awkward. See what I did so. for for my anniversary this year? What'd you do? Took my wife to Walmart down in Grants Pass. 
to well, pick that's up, right. to pick up sausages for the tailgater. I know, yeah. I know, I know, ladies, I, you can't have me. I'm already taken. <laughs> well, I mean, what woman wouldn't want to participate in the prep being prepared for Sausage Fest 2018? Exactly, exactly. Right? So, of course, it was her idea to pick that stuff up because she said she wasn't going to make a trip down to Grants Pass in the middle of the night to buy sausages this year like she did last year. So. <laughs> did you go Did you go to In-N-Out while you were there? Oh, of course we did. Totally worth a drive. Of course we did. Well, and earlier in the day, we'd gone to Crater Lake. Mm, yeah. So went to Crater Lake and then and then uh, over to Grants Pass. Okay. All right, Beach. So there is week six picks. All right. Now uh, it is time to look at our tailgater preview for the uh, game coming up this week against Washington State. Um, we'll probably be getting out there same bat time, same bat channel. Be ready to go by about 7 o'clock with the game day on. Mm-hmm. But kickoff is until 6, which means we will be tailgating till 5. Wow. And um, what we're going to be doing for the tailgater, Washington State, with that, uh, we like to go get some of the Cougar Gold cheese. Washington mm-hmm. State has a creamery on campus where they make their own cheeses. The Cougar Gold is their sharp cheddar, and it is excellent. So this last summer when Jess and I were up in Vancouver one day, uh, we ran up to the Wazoo campus in Vancouver and picked up three rounds of the uh, Cougar Gold. Uh, and we're going to be using that to make some mac and cheese. But it's about 25 to 30 bucks a tin? They're about 30 bucks. Yeah, it comes in a tin can. And uh, they're about 30 bucks a piece. So we got three of those. And uh, we'll be adding some Tillamook uh, sharp cheddar to that. Also so, some uh, some mozzarella and making mac so- and cheese out of it. When you think about it, the the mac and cheese we're making, I mean, there's probably a hundred and fifty dollars just in cheese. Yeah, qu- quite frankly, in, in yeah. This thing. Yeah, quite frankly, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and we'll be making. I'm figuring I'm going to make eight pans of mac and cheese. Okay. Because we can run two. And, of them. and when, when are we? When are we going to start serving the well, mac and cheese? So we're doing mac and cheese, and we're also going to be cooking tri tip. Mm-hmm. Um. What I figure is we'll get the first batches of mac and cheese on about 12.15. Okay. So that means they should be ready to go by about 1. Okay. And then we'll get the next ones on about 1.15. They'll be ready to go about 2. Okay. And then 2 o'clock we'll get the next two on, and then 3 o'clock. Okay. So we'll go through all four of those. And we'll also be cooking tri-tip. Okay. And then you'll be doing all your deep-fried stuff. Okay, what what in particular am I deep frying that's going to augment our... Uh, well, one thing our... you're going to do this time definitely is the crab rangoons. Okay, I'm doing crab rangoons. Crab rangoons and just all the normal stuff that you deep fry. Uh, shrimp? We'll do shrimp, yeah. Okay. Now, since this is a later tailgater, we'll be out there so early, we will be doing a little bit of lunch. We're going to do breakfast burritos too, aren't we? Uh, we'll do breakfast burritos for breakfast, yeah. But for lunch, okay. I want to do some fish. I've got some... Uh, fish that's out in the freezer that I want to kind of use up. So we'll be doing a little mm-hmm. bit of a fish fry for lunch. Okay. I think there's some fish. I think there's some calamari um, and some other stuff. Okay. So Sound good? Sounds awesome. We'll do that stuff about 11. We'll start on the other stuff at about 12.15. Okay. So we'll get the mac and cheese on about 12.15. We'll fire up the grill at about uh, 12.30 and get the steaks on. Sweet. Sound good? I'm thinking this is going to be a really good one. I'm excited for this one. Good, 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 good. Mom's bringing pudding shots. Did you hear this? Oh, I've heard about this, yes. Yes, so we're going to have pudding shots. Yeah. 
So who now, Billy, we got to we got to mention. So at the last tailgater, uh, we had a gentleman come in who was uh, uh, he said he was a long haul truck driver. Yes. So and I think that was the first time he'd ever come to our tailgater, correct? Yeah. That that's just awesome. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway. So not, nothing like having some random strange every now and then. Well, I don't know when. I like I said, uh, anyone that listens to us, you're more than welcome to come out. Yeah, if if you don't know where we're at, you can. I think our our location is on our Facebook page, uh, but we're at the uh, 15th and Western lot, which is the um, the uh, kind of a little business park on the corner there, right next to the soccer field. And we are in the corner, right up next to the soccer field, and right next to the portable bathrooms. So. It's uh, an easy way to see us. We got a big ass white tent. We got a, a really kick ass trailer, and usually a fleet of three GMCs parked out in front or two. Because mm-hmm. Billy doesn't park with us. He's not, not right special. Now. Not right now. No. <laughs> not right now. So. so. Anyways. Mom, 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 and dad asked. They're like, "Do you put any money into the bin?" I'm like, "I pay for parking." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get the spot, yeah. Exactly. I I, you, you, I fund the real estate. Well, you get, I think you, that's that's good. You guys get the spot, and then there's always other little crap we always end up buying. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, but I mean, just, just I don't think people realize our donation level is like I think uh, we're at like thirty between mom and dad and I we're like at thirty eight or thirty nine hundred dollars uh-huh. that we have to donate. Mm-hmm. So if you had to actually translate out to the six times you have to park there a year. Dear God. It's a huge chunk of change. <laughs> it's a huge chunk of change for six days of parking. Mm-hmm. So, okay. What else are we up to, Billy? All righty. Well, Beach, it is now time for Beach's Rant of the Week. You know, it's it's funny because so many things piss me off, right? You, you, I mean, like a lot of stuff pisses me off. And so every time I struggle coming up with my rant, but then I realized I already had my rant earlier this week. I'm just going to carry it on out. So I go I, – I pull my mail in the morning because I'm usually too – it's usually too dark by the time I get home to pull it up at night. So I, I, thought, get up you, the, I thought you pulled your mail before you went to sleep. Eh, I pull it usually before I go to sleep and also when I get up. But – Ah, <laughs> uh, sometimes three times a day. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, uh, I I go grab my paper out of the, or mail out of the the mailbox, and I have a paper in it, and it's the the Newberg Graphic, and I've never even heard of this freaking paper before, but evidently it's owned by the Pamphlet Media Group, which owns like half the freaking papers in the freaking state. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Right on the front cover is Suzanne Bonamici. Now, for those of you guys who are newer listeners or don't know this, so I ran for U.S. Congress two years ago, and I was a Republican nominee, first time I ever ran for any kind of public office, uh, 
won the won the nomination for the Republican Party, and I had to go up against Suzanne Bonamici, a self serving. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, one I've never taken a political uh, any kind of uh, political class in my life. Uh, you know, what do you call that? Political studies. What what do they call that in college? Uh, political science. Political science. So never took a political science degree. I learned more in my run uh, for U.S. Congress than I think a person could learn in a four-year degree. So, and and here's the one thing that I really learned is that politicians politicians are just a worse version of Chip Kelly if there could ever be such a thing. They're liars, they're cheaters, and they're whores. Absolutely unequivocally. There's only a few that are probably halfway decent. I would say anybody who goes that field, 90% of them are pieces of crap. Mm -hmm. And Suzanne Bonamici is one as well. Um, I met her. She seems like a nice enough lady, but any person that steals money from you is a goddamn thief. And she steals money because she takes your stick and money that she doesn't need, and she gives to organizations that benefit her, that give her money back into her campaign pocket. That's the only reason why these that's the only reason why these organizations that, that people like her and, you know, she doesn't even need the freaking money. So God knows what the hell happens to it because of this stupid crap in the Newburgh freaking graphic. So she's on the front page of the paper and she holds a town hall out in McMinnville or in Newburgh so that 125 people can can talk to her about the problems that they're having. Like any goddamn politician can solve their problems. I'll tell you, she's responsible for more of those people's problems than she will ever solve in her whole freaking life. So anyway, the fact is she's got over a million dollars in her campaign fund that she gets over every two years from poor saps and organizations that give her money. Boeing, Nike, Oregon, you know, and have the, these the sugar growers of America Oh, and, and the sugar growers. Yeah, like a lot of sugar growers. All of these organizations don't give a damn that she's a Democrat or Republican or independent. They're giving her the money because they know she's in a gerrymandered district, which means it's drawn up in a way that she's got a majority of her people in her district. That will vote for her. Mm-hmm. And she's already an established politician. So they give her the money so that they know when the vote comes around, if they need subsidies or if they need tax benefits or if they need some kind of help, they know that Suzanne will vote for it. Mm-hmm. Flat out, plain and simple. But she has her million dollar fund. But, you know, why waste that? Why why waste your million dollars when you don't need it when you can go in and call up the local paper and say, hey, it's six weeks before an election. Can you do a little fluff piece on me? I will have a taxpayer funded town hall. And if you want to do a little piece on me, that way I can get my name in front of all the people that you put your paper to. And I don't have to pay the ten thousand dollars that my competitor would have to pay to get an ad put in your stinking paper. No. And I agree with you on this one, Beach, because I've been following her. Um since she, since she, the campaign she's smooth she's I've, I've absolutely been, smooth i've been following her since the campaign crap. and for a year there was nothing and it wasn't until till the last few months where all mm-hmm. of a sudden oh i'm doing a town hall oh i'm over at the opening of this oh and it's all just to get her name in the paper it's it's to get and her get, name in the paper and get on tv six weeks because she knows that the last six weeks is what matters. And really, it's the last two weeks that matter. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's fluffing it now. She's getting her name out there. So that way, when somebody gets the ballot in the in the mail and they look at it, they're like, oh, Suzanne Bonamici, 
Yeah, I saw that she was in town doing some stuff. I'll vote for her because she seems legitimate, and I don't know who this other guy is. Mm. Yeah, because the other guy only raised $28,000 and doesn't get free publicity like she does. Yeah. That's why you've never heard of him. He's Mm. actually worked for a living and made an income and didn't steal money from other people. Mm -hmm. He actually has some morals and some standards. But heaven forbid you vote for him because you're going to vote for this. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I completely yeah, I'm, agree. I'm, I'm, yeah, and, and the sad thing is this will probably be used against me when I run again someday down the road, and they'll be like, you're going to have to apologize for that term of rape you used earlier in your podcast? Mm. Kiss my ass. No doubt. You know, I, I, I get so tired of people being offended. That's that's their power is I was offended. Well, you know what? Get unoffended, you dumb son of a bitch. Get over yourself. <laughs> you know, life is short, and you are so miserable. That is pathetic. Mm. You need to grow some balls. You know, you know what right you don't have in this country? Not to be offended. The right not to be offended. That's right. That's right. You know, the freedom of speech. Well, that's hate speech. I'll give you hate speech. I'll make you cry. There's no such thing as hate speech. There's absolutely no such thing as there's, hate speech. There's, there's ideas that I wish weren't expressed. Mm-hmm. But the only way to defeat a bad idea is with a good idea. You know, it's kind of like your comment that we were talking about the other day with uh, the politics and all of the rules that were made, the Biden rule on, on voting for a, for a Supreme Court justice that you shouldn't do it in a year or the nuclear option to, to try to get somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't make rules you don't want used you on you. You don't want to follow. Exactly. And, and, exactly. and, yeah, and so you can't say, well, you can't say hate speech. The minute you tell somebody that they can't exercise their freedom of speech, that means you've just established the ability for somebody to tell you that you aren't able to speak, speak what you want to speak. Exactly. And and I'm like, I don't care if somebody wants to talk about, you know, Mambla or some of that weird ass crap. I think it's sick and wrong. And I think anybody who practices it should get arrested and thrown in jail. But if you want to speak the crap, I guess I'll support the idea that you can. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right, Beach. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 112 of the League of Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask questions, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinerTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinerTailgator on Twitter, and HeinerTailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you do, we'll leave a rating and a review. Um, you can also check us out on the Stitcher Radio app. Beej. Billy. Are you ready for uh, this weekend? Yes. Kelly and Pedro coming up, so that'll be fun. I don't think Paige will make it the whole time, so I think we're going to bring in a, a blanket and a pillow so she can take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, I might need to take a nap, too, because that's a long-ass day for me. Mm-hmm. So, But it uh, should be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. I, I'm, re- I'm really looking. This is actually, outside of Philly cheesesteak, this is probably going to be my second most favorite menu, even though I have to say the elephant ears that we did were, were well, this really turned fun. out really good. It's yeah. Indian fry bread. Quit calling it damn elephant ears. Okay, Indian sorry. fry bread. Yes, and and feathers, not dots. There you go. All right, Beach. So uh, until uh, I see you early, early, early Saturday morning. Here's a great big go, bees.
Am I coming in clear? You're coming in clear, just like uh, just like Mike TV. Just like Mike TV. Okay, I'm gonna move this here. Open up Kyle's email. What song is he doing? I don't know, but last time I didn't know this song, and I felt like an idiot because you're like, I love that song. I'm like, yeah, that was a great song. I don't even know what the hell I just listened to. Well, let's I see saw what, the title. Well, let's see what Kyle says about it. Okay. And let me minimize you there. And let's make sure. Screw that crap. And let's go to here and make sure we're getting recording. We are perfect. 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 There. <clears throat> All right. So you didn't get to watch any of that game yesterday? No, I didn't. I, I worked the whole time. How'd you get the uh, shop looking good? Um, yeah, I got, uh, I still need to get my tractor in there. I got too much shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I can, I don't know. It's, I got to figure out a place to put the, the, uh, election signs and some of that other stuff there. Ooh, loft in the barn. Uh-huh. Okay. Now don't, uh, don't, don't yawn when we're recording. Okay. I'll try not to yawn. Get it out now, but I'm freaking tired, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Are you ready? Do you have your, uh, your your parts ready to go? I guess as good as I'm gonna get. I feel really half-assed, so just let let it let let's let's roll and see how I do. Okay, so it's gonna be a normal recording for you. Yeah, totally, totally normal recording. <laughs> I think I've only ever brought it once. Sure, you did. Sure. Are we are we are are we slagging again? I don't know. I know. I would just. I let that. I. I, I oh. gave it a pregnant pause there. Oh, okay. Okay. I hate that. Don't. Don't do the pregnant pauses. It makes me think like we got a gap. All right. <clears throat> Clearing the throat. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, every time you do that, my hands go up in the air. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my seat by myself in the den, dancing with my hands in the air. All right. 